0: This episode of the Sunspots Comics Podcast is brought to you by our brand new sponsor, Cryptid Zoo. Cryptid Zoo is a t-shirt line uniquely infused with augmented reality and inspired by cryptozoology figures like Bigfoot. It is designed by artist and owner Julian Meyer and check out the amazing unique shirt designs at cryptidzoo.com. And don't forget to use the promo code SUNSPOTSCOMICS and you will get 25% off your shirts. Again, that's www.cryptidzoo.com. You're looking for a place where your love is shared the same For the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow we look no for the friends, the adventure never ends We will save the world somehow It's Sunspots Comics now to the sunspots comics podcast issue number 81 covering new comic book day november 16th and it is a jedi holocron packed with the most closely guarded comic book secrets i'm your jedi knight host chris latori thank you so much for joining in on this force infused podcast that is the sunspots comics podcast where i give you a list of amazing comic books to buy and read every single week non-stop so join us jump in on the train Please subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Xbox Live at Sunspots Comics. And also check out our brand new YouTube page, youtube.com slash T-O-P-H-E-E-L-A-T. And I'm um, just starting to post some stuff there, so uh, don't expect too much. There's a few things, but it's going to be rolling out here very soon. Thank you also to my friend Nick Papa George for your fantastic Sunspots Comics theme song. Please follow him on facebook.com slash Nicholas Music. He has a new single called Power Within You and a brand new album that he just uh, released with his band, Solution. So again, check him out, facebook.com slash music Also, thank you to my son, Justin, quote unquote, Jables Latori, for his work on the Sunspots Comics blog. Please check it out at blog.sunspotscomics.com. Follow him on Instagram at justsunspots. Very cool that he renamed himself to be affiliated with us here at Sunspots Comics. His latest blog is on his review of the fantastic Marvel movie, Dr. Strange. So please check it out at blog.sunspotscomics.com. And let's just jump right into podcast number 81 with a listener email. Thank you so much for writing in, Ruben Moreno. And he actually just asked for a personal recommendation, something that is hopeful and maybe on the optimistic side, and maybe that mentions the afterlife. And immediately I thought of two comics that I'm going to recommend to you, Ruben. that is huck that is by mike millar and reborn also by mark uh, mark millar so check those two out uh huck is definitely an optimistic view kind of a superman origin sort of if superman was a little more on the forrest gump side of things (laughs) maybe very simple does good deeds in this small town check out huck it'll definitely brighten your day and reborn that kind of has the it talks about the afterlife it's it's if you passed away and sort of heaven or purgatory or whatever it is it uh when you die you go to a lord of the rings realm with dragons and superpowers and swords and fantasy type uh type of realm so uh and it's uh, definitely uh on that little bit of optimistic side so far i mean it's only a couple issues in but check out reborn ruben those are my two recommendations so thank you so much for writing in to the show and i will be sending you a free comic book prize for me personally uh, out of my comic book grab bag And when you get it, all I ask is that you just share it on social media. So thanks again, Ruben Marino, for writing in. And thank you for listening to the podcast. We appreciate it. And uh, he told me to give a shout-out to his wife, Melissa. So there you go, uh, Ruben. And just quickly, uh, just uh, something floating around in my nerd brain. And that is Image Comics. And Image Comics has just recently announced that their 25th anniversary is coming up in February. And as a little thank you to all of their patrons, they've decided to sell three comic books at 25 cents to celebrate their 25th anniversary and it's it's kind of cool that it's 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 new releases it's walking dead that's coming up uh, issue number 163 it's invincible from robert kirkman and charlie adlard issue number 133 and also outcast and issue number 25 and uh, that's kind of nice anything anytime that a publisher wants to help out my pocketbook and give a little break and a little discount and by selling comics for 25 cents that's great. That just makes me actually want to buy more and give them out as gifts to people to inspire them to read comics because I love them so much. And it sounds like there will be more to come that they may announce here because it's uh, the anniversary in February. So I'm hoping they come out with a bunch more at 25 cents, but that's that's very 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 cool. I uh, continue to be to be impressed with Image Comics continue to spend more and more money every single year with Image Comics. All of their unique uh, they're creator-owned uh, comic books that are just all over the realm with such diversity and interesting storytelling from, from horror and mystery and murder to fantasy and sci-fi. It's just all over the place, uh, which is what I really like. It's just a fantastic mix. I remember 25 years ago, their humble beginning uh, with their team, uh, which most of the team is still in place. You had Todd McFarlane, Jim Valentino, Mark Silvestri, uh, and, and Eric Larson, Rob Liefeld, that were the founders back in 1992. I just remember it so clearly. I was, it was, I was in college, uh, two years out of high school, and they came out with Spawn, and that was it for me. And then when I bought Spawn, I was inspired to buy other titles like Savage Dragon and Witchblade and The Darkness, and just to name a few. But uh, I tell you, they, I remember that they initially had to have the Malibu imprint uh, when they sold their Image Comics. It was from Image, but it was like produced through Malibu, which is now sort of gone. And they also have a DVD, a, a, a nice little uh, documentary on their beginnings and some of the tumultuous things they went through, and sort of breaking up and firing some people, and and I remember that they uh, there was an article that they all went from like Ferraris and Jaguars to uh, to almost nothing, to uh, to running the company out, uh, almost being bankrupt. But here uh, they're still in there, and here they are now as being the number three of the the three main publishers, uh, being Marvel, DC, number one, and Image, number. Number three, uh, they go back and forth between the number one uh, DC and Marvel, of course. But it's nice that they're still here, 25 years later, and still doing it. And uh, thank you so much for all your years of fantastic comic books. I'm I'm, a, I'm proud to be uh, over the years uh, for 25 years myself. Proud to be one of your customers, very happy customers, and I look forward to 25 more and tw- multiple 25s from this point on. But uh, thank you, Image Comics. Happy anniversary. And I'm sure I'll talk more about it in February as we get closer to their actual anniversary. And I hope they sell more of them for 25 cents. But for now, three titles, regular new release issues, that will be 25 cents in celebration of their 25th anniversary. So very, very, very cool. And the uh, last thing on my nerd brain is I'm actually writing a comic book called Zombie Destroyers. And I'm doing the writing, the coloring, lettering. And my friend Jordan Hudson is doing his amazing art for it. Please, I want to give a shout out to him. Check out his Instagram at Jordan underscore Hudson underscore art. His art is beautiful, it's gorgeous. And also, I have a website called zombiedestroyers.com where we've posted some samples of uh, the first four pages of Zombie Destroyers. So please check that out at zombiedestroyers.com. And just a quick Zombie Destroyers update I have uh, page 15, I've finalized uh, page 16. Jordan is actually wrapping up and finishing up on page 16. And I've finished the, completed the writings on pages 17 and 18. And 18 is a full-page splash that is gloriously beautiful. I can't wait for you to see it. So please, uh, from time to time, check out Zombiedestroyers.com. And that's the latest on the update. Hope to release this comic, uh, issue number one, sometime in early 2017. So excited. Also, just a quick mention on a segment of our show called Spotlighting. And so you if you yourself or someone that you know is an independent comic book creator we want to shine some sunspots comics love and support your way for all those struggling creators like myself and do what we can to help them get their comic books out there so if you're an artist a writer a colorist a letter it doesn't matter send me a link of your work send me a review copy of your work to chris at sunspots or of course just message me on social media at sunspucks comics but we want to do our part i'm myself an independent comic book creator so please just give us a uh, give us some information let us know how to get a hold of you maybe we'll even have you as a guest on the actual podcast like uh, last week's miles greb check out issue number 81 for that great interview getting a lot of positive feedback so thanks again miles greb for being on the show and uh, let's jump right now, uh, jump into some comic book news. I've got just uh, two uh, little quick comic book articles for me. The, um, the comic book articles that I try to highlight are a little bit different, a little off the beaten path. Uh, something a little uh, that catches me, catches my eye, that's maybe a little bit unique and uh, warms my nerd innards. So the first thing actually is the State of the Comic Book Union address. I like to peek in every so often, see how comics are doing, see what titles are super selling. And thank you very much to Comicron that uh as uh, comicron.com that's uh they're the number one i would say uh site on properly researching the numbers and telling us how comics are really doing got to give a shout out to john jackson miller who's the creator of comicron.com he does a lot of heavy duty research so if you ever want to see just how the the state of the union for comic books how they're doing check out comicron.com well i thought it was kind of interesting and unique that the number one selling comic book in the month of october was a kind of a big surprise that no one sort of saw coming and it's big trouble in little china escape from new york number one and it was way in the lead i mean it think about it it surpassed batman the flash uh the walking dead to name a few and i passed on it i read a couple of titles in the past of big trouble in little china covers by eric powell by the way who is the the writer and creator of the comic book goon you must check that out and also chimichanga as of recent but it beat everything uh it beat the dark knight it beat batman it beat darth vader it beat star wars the walking dead by a by a serious margin here of selling four hundred twenty one thousand six hundred twenty five copies and uh everything else just takes a heavy steep step down for more big trouble in little china did so an interesting number one i thought i would just uh peek in and take a look and see what was the number one and that was a big surprise so i may have to go back <clears throat> maybe you should let's all check it out big trouble in little china escape from new york that is the number one selling comic book for the month of october but comics are doing great slowly on the rise the overall percentage went up like 1.28 percent in paper sales it was kind of uh flat and plateaued for digital sales it doesn't seem uh, not a not a spike in sales as of recent but paper is always on the continual very small very gradual very consistent increase in paper sales and that just makes me super happy because there is no way better than reading a comic with the actual paper in your hands and i say that all the time i know but there you go there's the uh, there's a little state of the union uh, comic book union address there you go and the next thing is actually a comic book feel good factoid freebie that's right been a little while but there's just one this week It was actually on a few different sites, but The Hollywood Reporter was one that really stood out to me, and this uh, article came out that says, Kung Fu Panda director Mark Osborne is tackling the adaptation of cult comic classic comic book Bone, written by Jeff Smith. This is one of my favorites of all time. It was a late 90 release, and I can't believe it's been that long. And there was always throughout the years rumblings of an animated series of of doing it in different, in a live action format. Uh, there's a bunch of rumors throughout its late 90s release. And uh, I, I seriously love it. It's like Animaniacs meets Lord of the Rings. It's kind of the best way to describe it. <laughs> and it's very positive, very hopeful in nature. And it's just this epic road trippy journey of uh, these three characters, these three sort of cartoonish style comic strip characters, one of them from the primary one named Bone. And according to the Hollywood Reporter here, he is uh, this Mr. Mark Osborne that did uh, the... He actually did the Kung Fu Panda series. He's responsible for the script writing, the production. He's even got parts of, of the executive producing and hiring the staff. So he's really hell-bent on making this happen, which is very, very cool. Uh, he's made a gazillion, 0.5 bazillion dollars on the, on the Kung Fu Panda series. So they're really hopeful that he puts it together well and releases... Uh, and ultimately, at this point, it's releasing... Um, animatics and storyboarding that shows kind of what he wants to do with this animated feature is kind of what they have in mind so uh the series bone hopefully coming to a movie theater near us i mean who knows when that's going to be but that's going to be a, a ton of fun i think that i can see that as a a franchise that's going to have multiple uh you know multiple movies it just uh, i could see it or maybe it'll be something even unique a little different maybe it'll be a, a netflix series or an amazon series or some sort of you know series like that but who knows? We need to see this. It's beautiful storytelling. It's a completed story that is done, uh, although he's Jeff Smith is actually doing some sort of 25th anniversary as well, where he's done sort of a new little bone story mixed in there. But it's a very beloved series uh, for me that I've loved throughout the years. I have an autographed copy from Mr. Jeff Smith that I hold, hold very dear to my heart. But very, very cool. There's your this week's comic book feel-good factoid freebie. Very cool. <laughs> bone. Can't wait. So now let's move on to my favorite part of the Sunspots Comics Podcast, which is my comic book reviews and recommendations, where I pick my favorite comic books for New Comic Book Day, November 16th, and spoiler-ish (laughs) alert-ish. Don't really worry. I work very hard to just harness my powers of persuasion and just really try to inspire you to go and buy these comic books. So I leave the last couple of pages alone. I don't give away some of the major plot points, but I like to just describe it. I like to get give you get you enticed, get the juices flowing, and inspire you to go and buy these comics. So I try to give you just a little snapshot, but don't worry, I don't really super spoil it. But just in case, you've been warned. And if you want to see everything that I'm reading in a nice little cataloged list just please go to sunspotscomics.com click on pull list you'll see that i have 127 titles that i'm reading there which thankfully they don't come out every week or every month for that matter and also click on top comic books of the week to see all of my past favorite top picks those are the easy buys right there for you so if you're wondering where is a list in the world of someone that i respect that's been reading comic books for 114 years like myself Where can I go? Well, search no further. Go to sunspotscomics.com for all those lists and they'll definitely help you with uh, understanding what you need to buy by looking at my favorite picks of the week. Going all the way back to May of 2015. So I'm super proud of the site. I've simplified it. It's nice and updated just recently. Check out sunspotscomics.com And this week, like every single week, I pick an artist winner and a cover art winner and this week it is one and the same person. It is Joelle Jones for her beautiful iconic right out of the 40s 50s uh her comic book named lady killer it's volume two issue number three it is top-notch stuff i don't know how she puts this out on time because the the work is beautiful i'll jump right into the cover it's it's definitely this sort of um visually stunning black white and red cover that has this sort of swirly black circular very it's very um, kind of like you're looking into a, a black and white swirl that's spinning, uh, and it has multiple circles like that all throughout the cover, and yet our character is, uh, is there in black and white with sort of blood all over her, and it is just gorgeous work. I mean, this is some, it, it's a little on the gruesome side, and it's, she's kind of a Dexter-like murderer, assassin in the, uh, maybe in the early 40s, and, uh, at, at times I go... With, I'm not sure if I'm really rooting for her because she has this crazy, basically, serial killer, but she's kind of going after, you know, bad people. Sort of. I mean, her, she doesn't have that Dexter sort of, sort of code. But, I mean, talk about beautiful facial features here. There's a a sequence here uh, going back to uh, the war uh, in sort of Nazi Germany. And even then, it's beautiful. All of the eye work. Her eyes are top-notch in the business. And there's a scene where there is like this silhouetted shadow of this older woman that's younger and the is being told in the blackness of her hair and then there's this this like billowing cigarette smoke throughout the air and she's infused art into that billowing smoke it is gorgeous it's right in the center page here right at the staple line and i tell you the coloring on it is gorgeous and it's just very iconic and flashback to the 40s 50s and uh it just has this this americana feel but it's focused around murder (laughs) but the art and the cover are gorgeous on this joelle jones which i I met recently at long beach comic-con and she did a small sketch for me and did an eye and her eyes are out of this world they're so perfect and real and it's like you're actually staring into someone's soul and that's not easy to do in the realm of, of art so hats off to you joelle jones thank you so much for your gorgeous beautiful art you are the winner hands down this week for your beautiful art in lady killer so thank you so much and your cover is just iconic it's just a, it's screaming to be a poster and a shirt it's like with all the black swirls it's great also a little breakdown here i bought 18 comic books this week and 10 of them made it to the favorite pick list and that is over that 50 percent of great that's where i always prefer to be is that at least a minimum of 50 percent of all my money spent are in the great category because i don't review the goods i only tell you about buying the greats and that's awesome that 10 of the 18 made it to my favorite pick list this week and new number ones i always like to just give a little minute a little shout out to the all the new number ones that come out because they always hold that little extra pack punch of hopefulness and there were four this week we had thanos we had mother panic we had ether and grand passion and this week three of those four made it to the top picks which is awesome I mean, only one didn't make it, so I'll be breaking that down here very soon. So here we go. Let's break into my favorite comic book picks for New Comic Book Day, November 16th. Here we go. So coming in at number 10 from Dark Horse Comics is Lady Killer, Volume 2, issue number three that I was just talking about. That's the art and cover winner of the week with from Joelle Jones. Beautiful work. This is written by Joelle Jones. Colors by Michelle Madsen. Got to give props here. All that black, white, and red. It is just beautiful, gorgeous. And this is centered around kind of where our lady killer here is uh, just a little off to me. It seems a little off the beaten path and she just sort of seems to be murdering a lot of random people. And there is an opening sequence here that is absolutely horrifying but gorgeously done with a million different sort of sized panels all over the page and just sequences of her on her murdering sprees. And she's hired this, uh, this older man... Uh, irving to do all her cleanup and irving is a just just demented individual himself that he uh, actually is uh, he considers that his art form of cleanup of murder scenes (laughs) so um twisted story here and that's the core of this is does she want to keep this guy irving like with her should she trust him irving actually stops by the house and her mother-in-law recognizes irving as this killer in World War II, and they they change up the art style. She changes up the art style a bit, but it's still very much Joelle Jones here. But she kind of tells this story of World War II, Nazi Germany, of Lady Killer's mother-in-law that meets a young version of Irving and knows that this man is a is a gruesome murderer. I don't want to give all the details up, but again, right at the staple line, at the halfway point, you have to see this this silhouetted uh, woman and her dark black, very long hair. And the art drawn into the hair, and it's just infused right into it, and the hair is flowing through it, and the white billowy cigarette smoke over her head is also infused with with storytelling art here, showing that they had a a uh, lustrous affair, and she even at one point is taking her wedding ring off and hiding it. But um, this is the, that's the core of this story, and I don't want to give up too much because it's some great writing. There's definitely a uh, uh, at the end just a uh, a. A moment here too that definitely is a oh my gosh i gotta see what's happening uh next week it's uh it's a very exciting little moment i don't want to give it up but um you gotta check out lady killer it is consistently good and always on my top pick lists so coming in at, Noctur- Do- uh, at number <laughs> at number nine is doctor strange uh from marvel comics this is issue number 14 this is by uh, jason aaron and art by chris bachalo bachalo Jason Aaron, of course, uh, is doing uh, so many other comics. One being Star Wars and uh, Southern Bastards right off the top of my head. And uh, Chris Pachalo, his art here is definitely like a number two uh, as far as uh, art goes. It's gorgeous. It's weird to look at. It's very complex and dense and there's a ton of things happening. You have to look at it and look at it look at it to totally understand what's happening. But if you're enjoying the Doctor Strange movie and you just kind of want more Doctor Strange, this is for you. This is like a one-shot but at the very end, there's a cliffhangery moment that leads you into sort of the new arc. So great jumping on point here, right, at issue number 14. But this is Doctor Strange sitting in a diner, in a strange maybe diner in hell. I mean, even the title of this is Blood in the Ether, Chapter 3, A Gut Full of Hell. So he's in one of the levels of hell, and he's being served a meal here that is... It, you is—you It just leaps off the page and smells disgusting, like if a comic could have a scent this comic would smell really really bad but they are s- are giving him some sort of demon bacon and it had to be regurgitated from someone inside this diner in this hell diner so yes it's it's bat crazy nuts and he's being forced to eat this from uh, this lady satana like uh, the daughter of satan i'm not 100 on her character but i think she is the daughter of satan satana and uh yeah he's he, she forces him to eat this this devil bacon this demon bacon and yeah it, he goes into a strange psychedelic uh demon trip and has to go astral <laughs> and even changes his astral form into, like, a very miniature astral form to go inside of his own body. So it is weird. It is, uh, it's twisted, it's strange. The art goes with it so perfectly well. It's just paired well, like a fine wine and a and a wonderful piece of fish. It just goes together so well. And the, when she gets this demon bacon forced down his throat, there's just kind of a little flying pieces of vomit coming out of him, and it's just it's just gross but but i laughed at the same time because he's being forced to eat this demon bacon and yeah he goes on this strange psychedelic trip uh from eating this demon bacon and he's even fighting a guy that has like for his hands he has like two small demons that are from the torso up attached to the end of his of his arms and have their own arms and legs and teeth and he uses them to punch dr strange It's all over the place. It's nuts, but I love the little adventure of it. I love that it was kind of a one-and-done-ish, maybe. And at the end, there's a serious cliffhanger. But Doctor Strange, every week, it's consistently good. And I was watching this way before the movie came out. And it's Chris Bocciolo art. He is, like, in the zone here. He is finding the sweet spot with his very twisted strange art. And you have to see Doctor Strange in a miniature astral form. It's crazy. And they put a black bar bar over the uh, private part area of doctor strange which is funny so i laughed a bunch of times i was grossed out by it and it's it's a fun mystical magical adventure so get doctor strange so very good and great jumping on point like i said and uh, like i said number two of the art winners and coming to number eight is uh, one of the new number ones and it's thanos from marvel comics thanos number one This is from Jeff Lemire, and it's actually art by uh, Mike Diodato, who's a great artist. His work is solid here. Uh, Colorist Frank Martin did some unique stuff here with kind of a repeating coloring style using like a dot matrix style printer with a ton of little repeating dots. At first, it kind of was like, "Mm, I'm not sure if I like that, and then it kind of really grows on you, and it's very unique, so you have to look at that if you want to see a little different style with his coloring done in these repeating dot patterns, but... This is cool. This is a refreshing take on Thanos. I think it's definitely in preparation, obviously, uh, for the new Avengers movie, etc. For for bringing this character into our brain in preparation of of the Infinity Wars uh, coming up in, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. So I like that. I'm ready for it. I think it's th- it's perfectly timed, and the art is really solid and stellar. Thanos is this hulking, large hulking creature, and he's drawn so well here. And you definitely get a sense of he is an ultimate baddie. And you have the planet, it starts off in the planet that Thanos left. And what happened there was his sort of number two in command, Corvus Glaive, has decided to just become the master of this Black Order planet and take over since Thanos was gone. I guess, I don't know exactly where he was, it probably had to do with Civil War, or uh, maybe it was that that other sort of summer series last year. Uh, that Marvel did that. Uh, maybe he's involved Battle World or something. He's he was off on another planet, whatever. But while he was gone, Corvus Glaive took over, and he actually uh, ruled with a very uh, solid political, uh, more of a not kill anyone that doesn't doesn't follow him. He seemed to be very diplomatic, and he was running the planet fairly well. That was interesting. Doesn't seem to be this this tyrant, although he looks like an insane, crazy-looking monster with like this sort of devil sith or death sith that's golden and he looks like a one of the like an orc from lord of the rings like like one of those weird twisty tree orcs that uh, was mostly an archer because he's small in stature but so everything is kind of going well on this planet and doing fine and uh, then of course thanos shows up and has to ruin everything and it's like thanos returns they take a second to do this large splash with this cosmic background and it's awesome. I mean, Thanos is there. He's being attacked by everyone on the planet. They're almost having no effect on Thanos. And it's it's just this badassery moment. And I, I like that for just those sequences alone of Thanos fighting. And he lays out these death rays from his gauntlets that just just pulverizes people and turns them to dust. But they continue to try to fight. And he's just smashing vehicles, smashing everything. This large sort of tank-like uh, this machine comes after him and he just smashes into it. I mean, it is just a ton of action, superhero, monster, villain fun. He even does that smashing his foot on the ground and creates kind of an earthquake tidal wave that takes out this turret. And that's the core of this. They show this other character that wants to, maybe son of Thanos, that wants to get a small group of people to try to attack Thanos, which seems like a very bad idea (laughs) for him. But delusions of grandeur they're gonna do it anyway so there's a little sort of very mini side story of those son of thanos and this other character that are maybe going to rise up and sneak attack thanos which good luck with that he's very powerful and then there's the fight with the uh the the guy the that, that's taken over the planet while he was gone and uh and what's his name glaive and uh and that fight is awesome corvus glaive forgot his name but that fight is fantastic he has that uh, death like sith that's golden imbued and they fight, but how that fight ends is gruesome and kind of a little jaw-dropping, And uh, so I don't want to ruin it for you, but great little twist, little surprise there at the ending of this fight, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. So, top-notch. I am def- I added it to the pull list. Solid number one to get me interested, to tag me, to grab me. I'm going to keep reading this and see where, where it goes with Thanos, but check it out. Thanos number one is a winner. That's why it's my number eight pick of the week. So coming in at number seven is Hadrian's Wall. And Hadrian's Wall is from Image Comics. And it's issue number three. This is by uh, written by Kyle Higgins and Alex Siegel. Uh, art by Rod Reese. Gorgeous art. This is the murder mystery set in space. It's 2085. You have a pill-popping investigator named Simon Moore. He's been sent to this crazy ship called Hadrian's Wall, which he's sort of teleported there so there's definitely some interesting technology but he's been sent there to rubber stamp this accidental death of edward madigan who is his ex-wife's new husband but now he's deceased and so he's involved personally here he's got issues with his ex-wife that's there and her name is uh, annabelle and this is just a well thought out it seems like you're being educated in the area of actually criminal investigations and how they work Seems like he's a like a, a, a true detective, and you get that sense that it has this weight, this gravitas of him being an actual investigator. He's doing his work, his homework. He's putting the hours in. He's he's listening to video recorders, using all the technology on this crazy ship, Hadrian's Wall. But the the colonel, the runner of the ship, is a, kind of a George Takei-looking guy. He looks a little like Sulu. Uh, Japanese man elder Japanese man that's running a ship and he's not making it easy for him He definitely seems like he's something to to, has something to hide and the conversation between them is top-notch Just very intelligently written and there's it's it's verbal jarring back and forth they're playing chess within each other and our Investigators trying to get things out of him, but he's not playing into his into his uh, His you know, he's not taking the bait and it's just a great little back-and-forth conversation here and someone has stolen are uh, Simon's pills. And he's having kind of withdrawals here. So that's the that's another thing that's happening here. Is uh, Simon's going through withdrawals. He's not getting any sort of support from people on the actual ship. And it's uh it's laying out this tapestry of a really kind of neat mystery Who Done It thriller. You're introduced into some interesting characters here that definitely are developed well and have some depth and, and you're they're interesting and they're not just sort of transparent 2d characters he's really laying out and taking his time here we're only in issue number three but he's done a great job of pacing it and planning it and laying out and keeping you interested with this murder mystery in space so definitely grab hadrian's wall it's only on number three and it is fantastic and solid i I look forward to it every single month and it has been delivering on time which says a lot when it comes to image because the art is top notch very cool looking futuristic sci-fi But there's also that feeling of where it seems like everyone has killed this man. Everyone (laughs) on this ship. But uh, anyway, coming in at number six is Black Hammer. And Black Hammer is written by Jeff Lemire. And it's uh, issue number five. And the art is from Dean Ormston. Beautiful uh, homage to the golden age of comics from Dean Ormston here. Colors by Dave Stewart, top-notch guy. Jeff Lemire is just hitting like a home run with this every single time. In some ways, I'm already sort of mentally marking it down a point or two because it's, it's like other stuff. It's, uh, it's like Doctor Strange. It's there's a character that's very much like Captain America, and they change the names. But he's twisting it enough to make it very interesting. And this is the centers around the sort of origin of Randall Weird. So to me, initially, I've said this before too, where the comic starts out where it's like the origin of Captain America. This one is maybe like the origin of Captain of um, Doctor Strange. Where uh, Mr. Randall Weird is dealing with this parazone. So it goes back. It's very much homage to the Golden Age. You see um, D- Professor Weird in all, the, all sor- sorts of ages and beards and gray hair and white hair and black hair and blonde hair. He's like he's aging. he's in this spacesuit and he's in this parazone that goes in and out of time. And this kind of shows how he got into this parazone as he was a, a astronaut on this strange planet. And there's this portal that is there, without spoiling everything, that sets him into this Parazone. And he just goes in and out of time and in and out of his life. And it's sort of this heartbreaking story of the woman that he loves and what happens here. She wants to go with him, and that was a bad idea. But this Parazone is weird. It's twisted. There's eyeballs everywhere. It goes in and out of time. I mean, ultimately, the Black Hammer group... Uh, is a bunch of superheroes that are trapped in this weird midwestern town like an episode of twilight zone they can't leave this town but uh professor weird does in that he goes throughout these portals and in time and sometimes he's just a vision that is just seen by people so it is twisted it's weird and it's a little heartbreaking with by what happens to the woman that he loves here and where she wants to go with him and he doesn't know that much about the Parazone early on And yeah, that turns out very bad. And I don't want to spoil exactly what happens there. But you also have the character that uh, he seems to be questioning his sexuality, maybe. And uh, the Mark character that is also an alien from Mars. He kind of reminds me of uh, Martian Manhunter, but his name is Mark. And uh, I love all their names. Again, I've mentioned this before, but uh, he's, uh, I think his, that's right. He's Barbalian from Mars. And there's Abraham Slam, who's kind of like Captain America. There's Golden Gale, who's a little bit like, say, Shazam. <laughs> they all have a little bit like. There's Colonel Weird, that we just I keep on Professor Weird, but it's Colonel. And there's even Madam Dragonfly. She's the last one we haven't had an origin of yet. And there's a teaser into her being in issue number six, The Origin of Madam Dragonfly. And I'm looking forward to seeing that because I guess if you took uh, Professor Weird and Madam Dragonfly, merged them together, you'd have Doctor Strange, kind of. <laughs> but. Anyway, the core of this story is uh, uh, Colonel Weird's origin and this this parazone and that little heartbreaking story there of what happens to the woman that he loves and also Mark Barbalian uh, speaking to a priest. And he has this sort of awkward conversation where he's, like I said, maybe questioning his sexuality. But they're all trapped in this town. What's going to happen? Can they get out? A lot of flashback stuff happening uh, in the early 40s, 30s, 40s. And even, you know, Titan-level uh, anti-god is this character's name that's trying to destroy new york there's a flashback of that too and this trippy Parazone. but check out black hammer consistently solid good very intelligently drawn uh, nice uh, little little golden homage to the golden age of comics thank you jeff lemire that's why it's my number seven or number six coming in at number five is infamous iron man number two and this was a pick of the week Uh, One month ago when this issue number one came out This is the story of Dr. Doom This centers around Him actually being A good guy? Question mark? Not sure But (laughs) this is written by Brian Michael Bendis Art by Alex Maleev Who I love all of his beautiful fantastic work On Daredevil in the past And Brian Michael Bendis is doing all kinds of stuff He's also uh, doing Spider-Man right now But this is if uh, Victor Von Doom uh, Takes over as Iron Man and creates this awesome, I like that it's basically the Iron Man suit, but it's all silver, which I love, and he has the green hood, but and also the shape of the face is more on the Doom side than on the Iron Man side, but this is centered around Ben Grimm, the Thing, which is just nice to see him, because we don't see much of him, whatever's happening with the Fantastic Four, so it's nice to see Ben Grimm, I know that he was a Guardians of the Galaxy for a while, or, uh, you know, the contract dispute with Sony, etc., with their rights of the Fantastic Four, whatever uh them and marvel aren't getting along but here's ben it's kind of like a peek into maybe things are getting better or maybe the fantastic four is coming back the first family if uh, if you call it as miles greb did but um i like that this shows uh ben not believing no matter what else uh whatever kool-aid they're drinking that dr doom's going to be a good guy ben's not having it and he's uh, come to latveria he's destroying the Latvian embassy and he wants to know where dr strange or i mean where victor von doom is at any cost even if he has to destroy Latvian artifacts that are hundreds of years old there's like this vase here and he's like hey you like this vase you don't tell me where dr doom is uh oops and he's just like smashing the Latvian artifacts of history in this uh, Latvian embassy and just has no qualms about it he's just uh destroying the place they finally give a tip off to where he is but they didn't do it easily and dr doom here is coming after a villain and there's this villain fight like the tinkerer or the thinker he's this uh, bad guy that creates these these robots to destroy people and uh, dr doom is there trying to talk him out of it and his, he seems to be omega level powered dr doom is um here and he has like force fields he has uh he's very much like iron man powers he shoots like repulsor blasts out of his hands but he seems also to be on the on the magical side of things maybe i mean his powers aren't completely defined but he's definitely super powerful here and he fights this this guy this that's creating these robots and what he does here is just fun and i love seeing like pink blasts of repulsor rays coming from from dr doom i mean it's 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 beautiful. It's drawn so well. Way to go, Alex Maleev. Art is gorgeous here. So if you want to see, uh, you want to see Doctor Doom. You want to see this infamous Iron Man. It definitely has that feel of uh, Superior Spider-Man. That's what the Bendis is kind of doing here. Like maybe he is the better Iron Man. I mean, who knows? He's uh, but but yeah, Ben Grimm's not buying it. So it's an interest. I think it's coming down to uh, the thing. And uh, Dr. Doom fighting each other, which uh, who doesn't love that? So I hope that's coming. But Infamous Iron Man, been really solid pick. It's only on number two. Go grab it. Good job. And coming in at uh, number four is from uh, the DC uh, Animal Imprint, the Young Animal Imprint, and it's Mother Panic. I know this actually, I'm late on this, but my local comic book shop didn't have it. But it's the issue number one of mother panic this is uh written by jody hauser and art by tommy lee edwards and the art is something just out of the ordinary here very spectacular very different for image it def or for uh, dc comics it feels like an image comic very indie feeling a lot of scratchy lines but very uniquely drawn the artistic style here is very good a lot of paneling mashed together a lot of uh it's very dark in tone and this is kind of the origin of this character of Mother Panic, but it's definitely interesting. I mean, Batman shows up in this as well, but she's kind of a like maybe a Kardashian would be the best way to describe her, although she's not ma- ma- necessarily a model, but we don't really know why, but she's got a ton of money, and she just does like social media things and, and has paparazzi following her all the time, and maybe she's in a band, but they don't really say she is, but she's just super famous for kind of no reason you don't really know or super rich or a combination of the two and it tells the the heartbreaking origin story of her family and her mother that has like um like dementia or alzheimer's and that is just sad and then this relationship with her father and what happens to her father on this hunting trip which i don't want to tell you what happens but uh and i'm a little all over the place but at the very end you have to read all the way to the very end there is like a the old-fashioned style personal data file that really gives you a lot of background on the story and breaks down sort of the origin and where our character uh, Mother Panic, uh, her, her aka Violet Page, is her name. And they title her occupation as a Celebutante. Right. I guess that is a thing nowadays. But read all the way through it to the end. But this is the origin here. This is the introduction into a villain that reminds me of uh, the Daredevil villain, I think is... Uh, name was spot or something of that nature that goes into this sort of this parallel universe uh through like these polka dots and that kind of reminds me of this or maybe um you know it's a different uh publisher but it has that sort of feel where there's this female character that's in this room with all these polka dots and maybe she travels through them possibly but she seems to be kind of a mob boss and that's it's it's really going to be i can feel pairing these two off together but mother panic's outfit's very cool it's like all white it has kind of baddish sort of pointy ears but iconically very cool in the way that it's drawn it doesn't give you a ton of information here except for the sort of the things that happens between her and her mother and father a bit and the sort of rise of this this potential mob boss here but i love the visual of the outfit of mother panic it's kind of like a fox-like head and the the white Fist gauntlets remind me of like large very large hockey gloves But with like spikes on them and just very cool and they have this unique Artistic sort of tick they do in this where there's sort of unrelated strange pictures and Teeny panels sort of floating throughout like a picture of a of a rabbit sitting in an empty skull of a birthday cake That seems to be bleeding of a snake like eating a mouse There's a ton of these that they just sort of drop in Uh, like a little artistic tick and i I love that it's just setting this weird strange kind of dark tone but with cave carson being my favorite pick of the young animal series so far this is a solid contender here for that number one spot so i know there's four titles uh two of which i didn't dig but these two i most definitely dig big time so mother panic check it out number one just came out number two is probably coming out in a week or two so jump on it quickly But Mother Panic is top-notch, good stuff, and fantastic art. So here we go now, breaking into the top three picks of the week. So here we go. Coming in at number three is the other, another one of the number ones, the third and final number one. It is from Dark Horse Comics. It is Ether, issue number one. Art by Matt Kent and art by David Rubin. And this is a beautiful cover, by the way, that shows our main character, who's an older, kind of grislier man, who... Uh, Seems to be uh, just cut right out of modern day. This seems to be current day where he uh, is kind of a scientist, explorer, maybe archaeologist. And just his look alone piqued my interest just from this cover. It's beautiful. It seems like he is half in the regular world and half in this strange, magical mystery world. It seems to be the theme this week. (laughs) It's all of dr strange's fault i don't know but this uh lays out a very lord of the rings like map at first kind of giving you the layout of this strange world of ether and this is where he's in this sort of crossroads he's like in a gateway between earth and this magical realm called ether and our character seems to be just loving it he has a this this optimistic look on magic and science uh which uh, reminds me of after the gold rush comic by miles greb but it's, uh, it's, a little go, it's a little more going towards the magic side of things with this realm of ether. And he has a lot of sort of modern day science uh, uh, pouches and packages and testing equipment that he's carrying on him. And even like a, some sort of experimental earth to ether radio that he's developed. So he's got some interesting gadgets. He's tied to science. But at the same time it's a uh, knee-deep in the magical realm here and he meets this character glum who is like this gatekeeper of the crossroads that he has to uh, it reminds me of that that guy in thor the gatekeeper in thor but it's this crazy looking monkey-like character that even has like a gold medallion chest that reminds me of the eye of Agmotto. so it's definitely it's just tapping on that dr strange love that's going on right now but as he has a little talk with glum he agrees to send him forward into the ether they have the same talk every time and our our scientist here is trying to tell him like his name is Boone, by the way uh that man we do this all the time like i'm you always say the same thing like can i just skip that the the pleasantries and just send me right to ether (laughs) and he's like hey man i'm doing my job that's what i gotta do i gotta tell you the same thing over and over again ask you the same sort of questions but now you can go off into the ether. <laughs> so I like that little conversation between Boone and Glum, and as he's literally punted into the realm of ether and lands straight on his face, he's thrusted into this strange, magical, twisted world where there just seems to be aliens and creatures and fan- fantastical uh, dragons and flying jellyfish and. And Strange talking snakes. It is a world of weird and Initially my thought is because it doesn't seem to have uh, you know tangibility. It, it seems uh, to be so far-fetched as um And maybe gives me a twinge of uh oh but quickly I didn't have that because it has this very This very optimistic feel and as he's walking and, and Boone is talking to people people respect him and it it just seems to have normal conversations here where it doesn't get doesn't just doesn't go to level 12 weird it just stays right in the nice good nice warm 8 9 level of weird <laughs> and he's given a gift of this bug that will tell your him uh the bug will give him uh, a a direction no matter where he is of where he needs to go so this bug taps into his mind and helps him find his path and destination so very cool that he has a you know, space-like, uh, uh, you know, mar- magical-like, uh, uh, helpful little, you know, thing that he can add to his awesome little bat belt of, of science goodies. Now he's got, like, a magic goodie. <laughs> so, I really like that. And there's this bird that wants to that uh, uh, to sing his song and wants Boone to hear his song. But the the way they emote what comes out of this bird's mouth is like the skull and crossbones that he's, like, spewing poison verbally somehow (laughs) and they quickly have to leave but the the world building that, that is being done here by matt kent is is really fun and really interesting and it comes down to they ask him to a murder scene and so it it has some real world feeling here and not such magical fantastical world feelings of this murder of uh of this female character called the blaze and she's laid dead on this in this room in this armory this awesome armory and there's this great like um overhead shot of of Blaze's army or, or her armory and there's some crazy looking guns and amazing looking swords that seem to be imbued with power and that was just a, an area where you park your eyeballs for a little while and just look at it it's just gorgeous and Blaze has this flaming hair like this beautiful character with uh, literally fiery hair and so that's all I really want to tell you that's the gist of it magical mayhem crazy but set in a murder mystery Optimistic science and magical sort of view, and Boone is just this explorer. He's this archaeologist, and and there's this crazy magic bullet in it. I don't want to tell you uh, what makes it magic or how what makes it interesting, but it's very cool because I don't want to spoil it. There's a little twistiness there, but um, check it out. It is so good. Ether. It's definitely added to my poll list. I mean, to be number three on in its debut. Uh, that's something said for that. That it can it already broke the top three in its in its day of release. So. I strongly, strongly recommend Ether. Tons of blues and oranges. And like I said, it's very strange to look at. Not Chris Bocciolo strange where you have to like really look at things for a long time to figure it out. But, uh, and also you meet maybe a potential enemy here, an arch nemesis. That seems to be a, a sort of a reflection of Boone. And, but it may be a little darker and twisted. But I'm not sure if that guy is going to be seen in the future. But I hope so. He seems very interesting. And he's like this scholar, this librarian that's very... Just knee deep in books and knowledge and seems kind of interesting Could be the uh, the testament here the that you know, you're going to have two very smart, intelligent, science-based uh, characters going toe-to-toe I hope, I hope that's where Ether goes, but who knows, he's investigating this murder And uh, so check it out, it is top-notch stuff, that's Ether, issue number one Grab it, get it now, it's really good And coming in at number two is uh, Reborn This is uh, issue number two, this is from Mark Millar and uh, Greg Capullo on ART And Mark Millar is really doing some unique storytelling here. So in a gist, you die, and when you die, you go to the Lord of the Rings land. (laughs) And there's this war between good and evil. And if you're super good in the normal world, then you're super powerful in the afterlife. If you're super evil in the normal world, then you're an evil giant tyrant. And even some of of you end up, some people in this afterworld end up giant people and super powerful. And the unique storytelling here is this introduction to this character who was very... Uh, very catholic uh, very staunch religious and when she steps into the afterworld and realizes there's no jesus there's no god there's nothing there in this lord of the rings afterworld it twists her mind a bit and i like that sort of take on it that i think is very re- realistic approach you spend your whole life uh you know and you know preaching scripture and reading the bible and you get to the afterlife and it's nothing to do with that yeah so that'd be a little it'd be a little jarring to say the least but you get introduced to our character here who is this woman that passed away in the last issue. And now she's uh, young in this world. And people are various ages in this world after they die too. And her father is with her who passed away years ago. And so it's that reuniting there together. The warmth they have for each other and the dialogue is about half the reason to buy this. Just this mother or this father and daughter relationship. And it's just heartwarming and it's, it's just lovely. And then they're in, they show her that her sort of uh, loyal steed is this giant like white retriever and she rides it because it's uh you know like a dire wolf size or maybe even bigger than that um from uh from the game of thrones and but it's just gorgeous majestic white retriever that's just beautiful like almost like a polar bear that is her pet but like a giant polar bear or giant white retriever and so she's still getting the lay of the land here of this afterlife and still trying to f- you know, figure out uh, what is happening here. They're celebrating her uh, coming into the afterlife. They all know her. She's kind of this chosen one. So there's really just this world developing, this this great community that is that is being laid out here in this gorgeous sort of land. And they're sort of explaining why uh, they're they're continually in this centuries-old war between the people that are evil that are in this land that were evil in the real world. And she makes a discovery here and makes a stand in that she wants to find her husband and this this realm is gigantic they even mention that her father still can't find her mother that passed many years ago but he tried for like what he said hundreds of years in this realm trying to find her so she decides that that's what she needs to do she needs to search for her husband she wants to search for him for at least a month and they're all behind her um they they agree with bonnie they like they want her to do it and it's this very loving very warm feeling in this community feeling and they don't really have haven't met her before but they know her of the ta- from from tales from her father and so even this dog that you realize is a dog that she had before she finally kind of recognized and their, their memories aren't so good and it was her dog roy boy and they're reuniting is just is wonderful and they and they present a weapon to her and it's a great sword just just majestic looking sword uh beautiful and uh it's a very fitting weapon for this uh this this character bonnie and she f- feels uh, very connected to it right right from the get-go and this now if you we finally get introduced to say the other side of things to the dark we've seen all the light now it's time to be introduced to the dark and there's this sequence here with a just a household cat that passed away and in the afterlife, she is very, very angry and wants to kill everyone that lives within the light for a particular reason that I don't want to spoil. But it made me laugh out loud, the motivation behind this cat and why she wants to kill uh, the people of the light. <laughs> and you're introduced to this sort of, uh, you're introduced to that character that was um, the staunch Catholic. And she's sort of maybe evil now because, you know, this, this uh, coming into the afterlife and not seeing her religion that she loved. Has really kind of twisted her mind. But she's of giant status. And she's like this sorcerer. But she seems to be one that doesn't necessarily follow good or bad. And they're going to need her help. But she does not agree to it here. (laughs) And the demon-like character you're introduced to is horrifying. Yeah, and what was that person in the real life? I hope they show some of the... Besides the cat, which they do explain a little as to his motivations behind wanting to kill everyone. Uh, I'd like to see more of the evil characters in this, and kind of what they were in the real world. <laughs> but um, I'm just totally in. It's a twisted tale. It's, it's a strange afterlife-like story, but very hopeful, very optimistic. And like I said, that, that father-daughter relationship is so heartwarming, and uh, it gets you. It definitely tags uh, tugs on the old heartstrings. And uh, so that's number two. And coming in at number one from Image Comics, it's Invincible, issue number 131. This is uh, by Robert Kirkman, art by Cory Walker. He does the penciling and the inks and you have Nathan Fairbairn on color. It's gorgeous, the, the color pink. If you love pink, it is everywhere. But it is a kind of a blend of mixture of colors but easily 52.3% of this comic is all pink. But this shows Mark Mark's brother initially who is plotting to, to backstab him and rise up against mark uh, is kind of thrown away here by 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 thrag who is the Viltramite character that wants to kill mark and kill his entire family and destroy earth and his own brother was going to side with the Viltramites, and he's told sorry we don't want you and he's kind of tossed to the side so you're kind of like the way that he does that you're either happy that he's being tossed aside or maybe he's going to do something to really prove himself and go against mark so he's kind of this x-factor this unknown you don't really know if his own brother is going to backstab mark and so they leave that there it just builds this tension and sets the stage for a high level of drama here so you have mark and you have his wife and you have his, his daughter just having this beautiful day outside it's just this gorgeous strange day on this alien planet and they are attacked by two viltrumite siblings of thrag And they're powerful, and they do not hesitate, and they initially try to kill them all, including the, the, they destroy the, the, the family, the robot that is uh, Eddie, that is the, that trains their daughter and educates her, the homeschooling uh, that is introduced to, to Tara in a couple of issues ago, Tara, their daughter and then these viltrumite siblings destroy it and they're like teenagers and they are coming at them nonstop, just relentless and you're like oh my gosh that's just not this is not giving up and he's trying to save their family he's trying to fight two of them at the same time they are more than likely the both of them each one of them more individually powerful than mark they uh and mark is half human and half Viltramite, where these are half half viltrumite and this other alien sort of cricket species <laughs> That really age really fast and they have like light purple skin And they are more than likely more powerful than him and they're just attacking them And they even they even shred eve's leg which is a robotic implant anyway But you kind of forgot about that and like just slices her leg off and you're like, oh my gosh Oh, yeah, but it's robotic but the tension here just keeps building and it keeps building I can't tell you what happens at the end because it's robert kirkman. Come on now you know the last three or four pages what's happening here but they're running they're fighting they're hiding they can't hide it's like they're know they go are they safe and you're just like the level of tension is level 10 here the drama is seriously high you care for mark you care for eve and tara and even eddie their robot the educational robot and they are just they are the look in their face the way that they're drawn you can see that they're scared and it is tense. And you're going, oh my gosh, this is Robert Kirkman. You know what he does in The Walking Dead and on the TV shows. They could all die. You're like, no, I don't want them to die. This is coming to an end. This is like 11 issues out from the end of this forever. So you're like, oh my gosh, it is heavy tension. Like I said, heavy drama, drawn beautifully. This goes by very fast and it's a medium level of dialogue, but it's mostly of them them desperately trying to stay alive from being attacked by two Viltramites of the Thrag Empire so man i i just i was like enthralled i was like stressed over this this one was like i'm like oh my gosh please don't kill them please robert kirkman i'm like i'm like praying to robert kirkman to not kill these characters that i've loved for so long i mean this is issue 131 it's i can't believe it's been 10 11 years that this comics have been going has been going and it's it's solid and consistent and robert kirkman's written every single issue and it's either been ryan otley's art which is gorgeous oh i just i, I kind of miss it i hope he does come back But also still top-notch is Corey Walker. It's just clean. It's beautiful. The eyes, the emotion, and the faces. It's his very simple, clean art style. But the action here is top-notch. The tension, the drama. You got to get this. It's a great jumping-on point because this is the sort of 10 or 11 issues to the end. So jump on to Invincible. I've been preaching it forever. It's my favorite superhero-like comic uh, of maybe of all time. Uh, but definitely up there uh, with the greats for me like Spider-Man and Superman. It's um, sad that it's going to be ending, but uh, it, it's also very interesting and very neat. And and it's sometimes all good things have to come to an end. But I sort of don't want it to, but I, I will miss it. And this is one I'll definitely reread and I'm sure pick up in giant omnibus format. It'll be $195 or something, but I'll just want this reprinted, and it's just gorgeous. It's great storytelling, and uh, it's characters you really care about. That's what it all comes down to. Invincible. Issue number 131. Definitely, easily, my number one. When I read this, I read it early, because it, it, alphabetically it's an I, so I read it early on in my list, because I do read these alphabetically, and I was like five stars. Five out of five sunspots, easily. So... Um, no brainer. Buy this immediately. So buy them all. So there you go. Those are my comic book recommendations for new comic book week. Uh, what a great week it was. I mean, 18 comics, 10 of them to be the top picks uh, for November 16th. One week I will never forget. Please go into a local comic book shop, tell them that Chris from Sunspots Comics sent you, and buy all these immediately. If you have questions, comments, or like Ruben, you want a personal comic book recommendation, please just email me directly at Chris at sunspotscomics.com. If I choose your email and I discuss it on a podcast, like I did, um, with reuben i will send you a free comic book prize prize out of my my comic book grab bag as a personal thank you from me please sign up for a newsletter on sunspotscomics.com contact and tune in next week for issue number 82 of the podcast where i'm reading 20 comic books next week but there are uh four new new number ones coming out for uh november 23rd i'm hoping to get all four of them because they look really really good I'm hoping my local uh, comic book shop will have them. And there's some awesome stuff coming out next week that I'm really looking forward to talk about and review and read. Uh, Next week, you've got, um, yeah, there's uh, all kinds of stuff for November 23rd. The one maybe I'm most excited about altogether is uh, Chew, number 60. That's the series finale. It is over. So that's next week. Uh, You have Cage, um, uh, number 2 that that came out, uh, is coming out next week. Uh, Department H, which I love that undersea story um kind of like that that uh movie that i love called the abyss you have empress ending as well number seven of seven from mark millar so just a ton of good stuff coming out next week the Goddamned is finally coming back number five been the previous top uh, pick of the week and i think it was a number one a couple of times so number five is coming out of the goddamn so so much awesome stuff i'm looking forward to next week so please tune in and thank you so much for listening a personal thank you for me and if you really enjoyed the podcast and you want to help us out here at sunspots comics please just subscribe to the podcast and go to itunes give us a positive review with five stars it would really greatly be appreciated it helps the show out and i'll personally thank you and read your thank you and read your review on a future podcast right here so please tune in next week and thank you very much again for listening and don't forget to be water my friend be like water. talk to you next week bye